Welcome to This Endorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. My name is Steve Rudd. I'm Nick Gunning, and today we're following the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi to the TV movies, the cartoons, the comics, and beyond. And beyond. Today we are discussing Ewoks issue number six, The Ice Demon. This issue hit the stands on December 3rd, 1985. Oh. We boys. What a time. What a time. What a t- Today's issue <laughs> was illustrated <laughs> by Walter Kremer, written once again by David Manick. It is included in the collection uh, the Dark Horse put out, a softcover collection called The Star Wars Omnibus Ewoks and Droids, which we both have. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Look, look at that. I got it. This is it. It was only issued in this collection, or was it issued as a? It was itself? a single. It was a single issue, a single. and then it and then it came in this when Dark Horse got the rights in like the nineties right. or something. And that's then, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then Star Wars, when it went to Marvel again, because originally Marvel had the Star Wars line mm-hmm. back in the seventies. When it went back, they reprinted it again in a different collection. That's like Star Wars Legends droids. Okay, and yeah, so that makes sense because that's made what, a couple of cycles. Yeah, we've seen that with the Ewoks TV show and the Droids yeah. TV show, how they kind of segment several episodes together yeah. and release them on VHS. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting that like the comic came out, and then the next time you see it, it's basically. Yeah, in the omnibus sure. of droids, yeah. and there's no like, oh, these four issues are, yeah, you know, slapped together yeah. like a like a graphic novel, like we see no. today with like Batman comics, Superman comics. Yeah. They'll do that. The closest we got was Lines. that little flight to danger that had the first five episodes or issues, but that's not even yeah. thematic. It's just the five issues. They're you know just what five I mean? issues. Yeah, yeah, it's not like these are all the ones with whatever dinosaur villains. <laughs> it's just the first five. There's are there are a lot with like dinosaur. I know that's that's why that came to mind because there's a lot of dinosaur issues. All right, <laughs> <laughs> our featured crew member today is George Rasso. So he's the colorist on this mm. issue and several others of Ewoks and Droids. He has an extensive history in comics, working on some truly epic runs. He served as the inker and often the uncredited colorist alongside the legendary Jack Kirby on series like Fantastic Four, Sergeant Fury, and The Avengers. The Avengers. Have you heard of Have you heard of them, The Avengers? Uh, I believe you should so. check them out. You should check yeah. them out. Yeah, yeah. another Disney property. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it is. That's right. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Was that always a Disney property or did they take? No, they bought that over, right? They bought it. Yeah, from... they bought Marvel. They bought yeah. Marvel. Marvel when, used to be its own thing. When was it? When was the movie that was the first Disney property? Was it one of the Avengers movies? Yeah, because Iron Man wasn't like was a Iron Disney Man 3 movie. or something. It was like after the Iron Man movie came out. Yeah, I'm not sure which one was the official yeah, Disney right. acquisition because Marvel Studios was established within the run of the MCU. So, yeah, what was the first one? It was. It was, I mean, truly uh, Captain America, right? That was pretty much the first. No, no, Iron Man. Iron Man was the first of the movies. Oh, it was. was. Yeah, it was Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, and then Captain America. Yeah, and Thor was in there, too. Thor was one of the OG yep. ones as yep. well. Top, yep. like the first, at least the first five. Yeah, because you got all those before they led you to the uh, Avengers. The Avengers, yeah, yeah. The first Marvel movie to be produced by Marvel oh. Studios after it was bought by Disney was Iron Man 3. You're right. It was Iron Man 3. Okay. Iron I mean, Man that's, 3. I feel like that's. You kind of makes sense, that doesn't one, it? That one it was obvious. Sense. Yeah. I was just yeah. like, it's got to be Iron Man 3. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that Good was the call. one that I was just like, Iron Man huh. 1, Iron Man 2, and then Iron Man 3 was just yeah, sure. kind Good. of a different movie. Yeah. Right. It was kind of. Different yeah. thing. Different yeah. thing happening. So, Good pull. Good. Good pull. All right. Tell me about the Ice Demon. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Uber All detailed right. plot. 
of Ewoks number six, The Ice Demon. We open to Wicket attempting to emulate Master Logre's skill with crystal light spell casting. Tebow points out that Wicket never really cared about magic, True. but that doesn't deter Wicket from attempting magic anyway, though rather unsu unsuccessfully nearly burning himself. Logre recommends Wicket concentrate more. After showing so much magic, Logre retires to his hut. Wicket believes if he only had Logre's staff, he would be able to perform magic better and quicker. He sneaks in and steals Logre's staff while he sleeps and begins to practice magic on his own friend, Tebow. Wicket lifts Tebow off the ground, tossing him around in the air. Meanwhile, in his frost cave, the demon observes Wicket's infant use of magic and believes he's the perfect person to manipulate into allowing him to escape. From his lair, the ice demon causes everyone to rapidly become overheated. In a moment of desperation, Wicket calls upon the wind of the ice mountain to relieve them of their terrible heat. In doing so, he transports himself into the ice demon lair. Tebow and Nisa report what happened to Logre. He is gravely concerned because he imprisoned the ice demon Stagor many years ago and fears Wicket may let him out, so he sets off after him. Now transported inside an ice cave, Wicket is confused, but suddenly comes to when he's confronted by the ice demon. The Ice Demon attempts to snatch Logre's staff from Wicket's grasp, but fails as its magic prevents him from doing so. He then puts a spell on Wicket, allowing him to control Wicket so that Wicket will turn the staff against Logre. When Logre comes to retrieve Wicket and his staff, Wicket reluctantly attacks Logre, but its magic is useless as magic from his own staff cannot harm him. Wicket is commanded even harder to attack Logre, using the staff to dislodge icicles, large icicles above Logre, which he deflects with magic. Furious that his attempts to claim the staff have all failed, the ice demon forces Logre into giving it to him, threatening to harm Wicket if he refuses. Stubbornly, Logre releases the magic bound to the staff, allowing Stegor to snatch it from Wicket. But Logre also hints to Wicket that he could have defeated Stegor if he had used one simple trick and only concentrated more. Wicket quickly realizes what Logre means and summons light crystals over the ice demon's head. Stegor laughs as the lights have no effect on him. However, the heat emanating from them melts the snow above him. The dripping water causes Stegor to begin melting. With the ice demon defeated, Wicket apologizes to Logre for taking his staff and quickly decides he'd rather watch magic being done. Roll credits. Kind of nice to see a little bit more action in the village and like see Gray and Nisa. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It felt like the last couple we've had really small casts and we still kind of do. But something about like taking it from the village, Wicket being transported, it just felt a little bit more full than some mm -hmm. of the stories have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When they have like multiple places that make sense, it's yeah. better instead of like their linear stories where they're like in the forest <laughs> and they're in the yeah. desert. Yeah. Then they're in the, the swamp and then you're just like, yeah. OK, all right. Well, and, the, and Wicket being transported through magic rather than like, that all right, cool. we got to wander through the woods. It's like, OK, that's that's a little bit more palpable. But um, I did you know, like that. The that's that's how the ice demon set up that transportation. Yeah. By causing them to be hot so that they yeah. were like desperate and called, for, you know, and Wicket just right. randomly calls for the winds from the ice mountain. 
you know, because he knows they're cold and is able to do that. Little confused how uh, how the ice monster can be in his prison and watch everything that happens and affects the outside world. And affect, yeah, that's like. uh, not a very good prison, Logre. It seems like <laughs> if he can do all that, he doesn't really need Wicket. But okay, uh, I I like I <laughs> I liked the whole idea of Wicket being like I can try magic too because he's such a wise guy I in like the show, that. you know. Yeah. So I thought it was kind of cool, like playing with those dynamics and stuff. And, and he thought he'd be better team. at it. You yeah. Tebow's kind of like, oh, I don't yeah, know, man. Hey, bro. You know, hey, like... bro. Uh... Why don't you pump those little brakes and stay in your little walk lane, okay? <laughs> kind of my, uh, it's my angle. I'm the plucky, cute one right. that uh, does magic, yeah. you know? <laughs> that's my thing. Your job, your job is to be a dick and get us almost killed. <laughs> and then somebody else saves us, and right, you, yeah. you take all the credit for it. Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's the you. wicked thing. So I'm you the do magic that, guy. I'll stick with the magic. With the girl. I'm the magic guy with the girl. <laughs> yeah, with the girl. Which, Latara yeah. is just nowhere. Unfortunately, That's I love true. that Where's connection between them. Yeah. You know, uh, so, yeah. Is Once again, is. and I, I'm not going to blame the legendary George Rossus for the coloring here, but man, the palette of these comics is just so drab and weird. It's yeah. bizarre. Wicket's like red in this one and yellow. <laughs> strange. Yeah. <laughs> it's very few, very few colors. Um, I, you know, I felt like I had a pretty good time with this one overall. I liked it. Yeah. I, I you know. I didn't, for all its little weird faults, I I honestly didn't, it, I kind of would read through, when I read through it the first time, I was like, oh, that doesn't make sense. And I actually missed the, what you just said with like, why does he need low gray staff? Because I did think of that. I was just like, well, if he can make things hot, like that's. Seems, seems, but I didn't make that connection. Then, then why would he even need low gray staff? Right. Like, there's an even bigger right. step beyond that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of flipped back and I was like, did Wicket somehow like trigger something? Like, did he? But no, you know, like I see all these little things. These are such nitpicks. But I I just feel like if when he broke into Logre's hut, he could have just knocked over some trinket that broke and suddenly the ice yes. guy, you know what I mean? Like something like that, I feel like would have just solved that problem. But yeah, whatever. Without having to manipulate. And it's it, it is it's funny how those things sometimes were like, oh, if they had just done this a little yeah. bit differently. Yeah. And for me it was just like, wait, he had all this time to yeah. plan ahead and didn't know yeah. that he couldn't just grab the staff. He didn't know that the staff wouldn't yeah, work know against the staff wouldn't work. Yeah, and I'm I like, know. this guy, how long has this guy been there? Like a yeah. week? Because yeah. it would seem like he'd Maybe. have known these things by now. Maybe. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that still didn't deter me. I, I was just like, ah, eh. this is actually like, here's peril. You know, there was a little bit of peril yeah. where like yeah. a desperation move and the ice demon was like, all right, well, if you're not going to give it to me, like, I'm going to kill him. You know, yeah. and it's like, yeah. oh, crap, here we are back to like, this is actual real so. peril. So this falls into that category of like, I would have watched this episode like this could have been a fun episode. I think it would have been kind of yeah. interesting. I don't think if anybody was ever like transported magically in the series. And I feel like no, but I guess I have to go listen back to all our episodes to decide I, if that's true. So, but. yeah. I mean, there was something did happen in this that is my um, Ichiwawa moment. Oh, which I give it to me. Really let's cool. let's jump to it. Let All me hear right, it. Yeah. So, what is it? What is it? Ichiwawa. So the concept of like the force being what it is in the, the movies, right? And then how mm-hmm. you and I have kind of recognized elements of the force 
being used in this, yeah. but being explained sure. away as, as magic, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I was talking to somebody recently and they brought up like, okay, well, the Medichlorians really just, I know like that's like a, a topic of the heated discussion, yeah. but they were saying that like what's described in by George Lucas in like some other thing is that um, they allow you to be attuned more to the force. So the force oh. is an energy, but the Metachlorians then, and I was just like, okay. Like receptors or something. Yeah, like almost they, they allow you to, and I was just like, all right, well, all right. I'm going to have all that on hold, but like it's the fact that we see Logre use, the, use this dust, use this powder yeah. to then levitate those icicles, the massive like stalagmites yeah. or tights that are going to crash down on his uh -huh. head. He flips it up. And then, like, holds them there. And I'm like, I wonder if whatever dust they're using also mm -hmm. allows them to be attuned to the Force. So Logre oh. is actually using the Force. He's not using magic, but they believe it's magic because, well, if they don't have an, an a, a piece of attunement like the crystal in Logre's mm -hmm. staff or the little crystals, the little dust that they fling into the air, then the okay. Ewoks themselves have no attunement to the Force or not able to um, grasp it, right? So it's something like, it just got me thinking of like, wow, like we don't really ever, they're ne they never really explain what they're using. True. And it seems like it might be something like that that allows them to access the Force. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. really cool. I think that's something no one ever talks it about this. Be. We're the only ones to talk about this right now. Here we're we talking about this. Yeah. And so I, I just think Waiting I into the midichlorian like debate 25 years yeah. too late. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm adding another, <laughs> I'm adding another layer to this okay. debate okay. of well, yeah. now Ewoks and the dust. Explain Perfect. to me not that's using midichlorians. Not, yeah. That's like, good. It wasn't divisive enough. So thank you for jumping in. I there. know. <laughs> what about you what was your Ichiwang moment mine is more of a plot point uh, I really liked that Wicket you know is showing off and he does the dumb trick and it just ends up being these like you know the light and the mm -hmm. way Logre uses that knowing like okay I can't really use the staff I only have Wicket here he can only yeah. do one thing how do we make <laughs> that work you know, and he gets it to like melt the ice. And I thought that was really a clever, it's a clever, I like when something is set up early and pays off in the end. Cause it doesn't always in these Ewok yeah. things. Like sometimes we have setups that go nowhere and sometimes we got things that come out of nowhere. So yeah. I liked just from a storytelling standpoint, I like the setup payoff thing. And I thought it was a cool use of, of Wicket's lame. They magic. did bookend it. I thought it was weird they though did. that like, did. I, I thought, it was interesting to me. I thought it was, I just chuckled at it, that it was just like Wicket actually performed the, the trick correctly this time. True. And it was just That's like, true. you think, you think Logre really wanted him to, to perform it like he did the first time where it like exploded right. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. darn Wicket, I wanted you to perform it improperly so that, you know, it would explode over right. the Ice Demon's head. But instead it, he'd performed it correctly, but by proxy, it still successfully defeated you know, so I, yeah, that was that was kind of funny. That made me chuckle. Like, oh, I wonder if he actually yeah. wanted him to do that. Right, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what about your Oak of Arc? What did you not like? I and, and it also has to relate to midichlorians. Just just to put that, <laughs> you have to tie it in. I am another layer to add. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I thought it was 
I thought it was a little bit lame that the ice demon's weakness was dripping water. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out mm, there. That mm-hmm. like, ah, huh, the, the <laughs> I mean, it made sense, I guess, that like, okay, the magic and the heat from the crystal's light yeah. doesn't melt him because it's magic. Right. But then the dripping water, but then the ice above him isn't it is affected by the heat right, of the crystals right. light and so it drips on but i was just like man this guy lives in an ice cave he's never had like a drip drop drip on him ever <laughs> like, yeah, he's never, ever in his life never had a warmer day in his life <laughs> so, so to me like i was just like oh really yeah. like oh yes. man i i agree with that too let me just give you a reading from the comic okay <laughs> Wicket says it's freezing on contact, and the ice demon says, No, not water. I'm freezing. And Logray says, And trapped by your own power, you fiend. And I'm like, What? What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, like, what? Trapped by his own power. Why is he afraid of water? I don't know. I feel he like is he, water. He is water. And if he can change temperatures, like, yeah, it didn't melt him. It melted the ice around him. And that, in melting the ice, it froze him. So there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to unpack. (laughs) Within within the melting, there was also. I can see that we've gone too far once again. (laughs) Once again. Even worse than Midichlorians. Somewhere, David Manick, the writer of this, is like, look, I don't need you two idiots poking out this thing I wrote in 15 minutes in 1985. He's like, son of a gun, I thought that was forgotten forever. Yeah, yeah, we're doing him a disservice. Um, Mm. I do feel like I the thing that I just kept coming back to was like, if he can watch everything that happens, if he can affect the outside world, then like, what are we even talking about? That was a thing for me. That was my oak of arc. I was just like, well, but... Especially again, especially yeah. when you're having Wicket mess with magic he doesn't understand. Just have him trigger something, you know, rather than the guy yeah. finally like, oh, perfect, an Ewok got low grade staff. Finally, what? Yeah, and know. that's where like I think there there should have been like, a, he, okay, he can see everything that's going on. But why even that? That's what I don't that's understand. True. Yeah, is that part of his ice powers that he can see everything? Like I don't understand. Yeah, I thought, well, it would have been better if he saw <laughs> it and then, like, weird power sent, sent a all. minion to go, like, trick Wicket into, like, yeah, grabbing sure, a wand. Sure. Like, oh, a yeah. wand? Oh, okay, cool. That's yeah. even better. Right. And then, poof! He gets, yeah. you know, so, yeah. I've, yeah, yeah it's, we're, it's, ta- it's, we're talking me out of it, so be careful. <laughs> well, I still liked it, but it's, like, it's because it felt like one of those episodes of Ewoks that was just, like, you know, it was really, really simple, so I really can't, yeah, like, sure. knock it too much. Yeah. You know, but there was the—I don't know. I, I just thought—I thought this one was fun, and it felt to I me— agree. Again, this one felt to me like an Ewoks episode, yeah. which I, I think is very important—to me, is sure. very important because they were written together. Concurrent. Right? Concurrent. Yeah, they yeah. were written. And sure. so it's just like, if, if these people, even though it seems like none of these people talk to each other— that yeah. if there's any any every once in a while a, a a comic that kind of jives with the show, that's really cool to me. That like yeah. that shows that like those people got it. So whoever wrote that episode and whoever wrote this comic kind of had that wavelength of like this is what Ewoks should be. Yeah, and I yeah. feel like this is what well, Ewoks should be. This you know this kind of comic. 
I think, you know, because we've talked about like, what were they thinking? Like, what, why do they make Ewoks like this? But mm-hmm. I think there is, there is one thing that stands out to me a little bit is that these, these issues were not just adaptations of episodes. And yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of comics from that time, which are exactly that. Like, yeah, um, over on, mm-hmm. over on 902 and Here We Go a while back, we interviewed Mel Gilden, who wrote the 902 and novelizations. And he also wrote for the show James Bond Jr., which was another like 80s cartoon. And he was oh. saying they adapted his script into a comic book and he didn't get credit or anything like that. They just really? kind of took it and ran. Yeah, I don't know. It's a cool interview. So go oh. listen on, on 902 and Here We Go. But that's what I mean. It's like the Ewoks had the Ewok episodes, they could have been adapting those into comics, but they took the time to hire people with like yeah. some serious credentials to make these comics. So, yeah. you know, they're at least taking it seriously on one end. It's funny too, like when that, that Jack, um, the colorist worked alongside Jack Kirby. Now yeah. I know that's the colorist and not the, the person yeah. who drew it, but yeah. the first time I saw the ice demon, I was like, that reminds me of that one artist. What's his name that dra- draws all the big headdresses <laughs> yeah. on all the, and I was like, Jack yeah, Kirby. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Kirby. I didn't, I didn't know Jack. I was just like, I think it's Kirby. Kirby. Yeah. Some, You're not somebody wrong. Kirby. I it. And would, I was just if like, it was a Jack Kirby design, he would have a million more like buttons and bangles. It would be, yeah. Yeah. Front. But it was the head, the head, no, there you're has right. to be some sort yeah. of horn type thing, and true, you know, it's, it's which sort also of like Galactus me. or the Galactus, new gods or yeah. something, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, so it harkens to it, not exactly like it. It just reminds me. So whenever time, anytime I see a, a villain that has some yeah. helmet with these wild things on it, it reminds me of that. Like, oh, that person yeah. whoever drew it must either like Jack Kirby or have worked with Jack. Kirby, yeah, because that was quintessential Jack Kirby to do that for sure. For sure. But, uh, did he feel very demony to you? I know we no. talked about that earlier. No, yeah, he, he didn't. didn't. He didn't. To me. I, I don't know. I mean, he didn't feel anything. That's the thing. Like his powers didn't make sense. He he could have been like yeah. the ice wizard or something. But demon. Yeah, he just seemed like, uh, you know, monster or the yeah. ice troll. Yeah. Troll, don't like even trolling. give him a name. Just call him. He has a name, right? Like Shag, Stagor. Shagor or Stagor. 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 Yeah, you could just call him Stagor. Well, that's a cool name. Yeah. I gotta be honest, that's it a cool, cool name. Stagor. Yeah. yeah. Although that feels kind of Hanna Barbera and Thunder the Barbarian esque, but oh, it does. <laughs> you know, Stagor. Stagor. Anyway, still. I feel we've, I feel we've lost yeah. the thread of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! Let's reel uh, it in. Yeah. Yeah. All <laughs> Let's right. do it. Let's do it. Uh, okay. Um, how many yubnubs? I, I, f- I feel like I got to give this one like a three, seven, five to okay. a four because okay. like I, I didn't really I didn't dislike it, but I, I think it was on the weaker side of the ones that I did like. And so if there's uh, if there's stuff that, you know, I say like, oh, I really, really like this. I'm, I'm probably not going to give it much lower than a four. Yeah. But like, I, you know, I don't know. I enjoyed it, but there were some problems, but it didn't they didn't really take away from the yeah. f- how fun it was just to read it. So yeah, three seven five four maybe yeah three I'm seven same. five. I'm same. I'd say rounding up. I'd say a nice four because it's okay, yeah, yeah it was it was a fun read. We found things to complain about, but reading it, I was kind of like yeah, why not fight yeah, that ice like, demon? Show him who's like, boss. Yeah, yeah okay. You, you know? thought you could take it, but you can't. You know, yeah. like I just thought that was funny that he failed so many times. You yeah. Know? So. <laughs> He did. Poor guy. Okay. Well, uh, next time we're going to be watching droids and it's kind of the end. It's the end of uh, season one. Yeah. We're going to be covering treasure of the hidden planet, which includes episodes 10 through 13. 
And the story on this is by Ben Burt. That's a new name. So it's going to be interesting mm. to see if uh, if these have a different feel, if this was sort of like a change in direction. I don't know. I honestly don't remember these episodes. So we'll see what happens when we get there. I don't there. either. And I'm excited to... Um... I'm excited to be done with Manjolpa. Manjolpa. So hopefully, <laughs> he's in the past. He's, he's all right. He's in the he's past, right. but he's, al- he's always in our hearts. He's always in our hearts, Manjolpa. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I can't wait. I'll see you then, yeah, man. That's where I'll be. All right. This Enduring Life was brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include 90s Music Got Me Like, previously on X-Men, and 9021 Here We Go. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or X at Endorian Life. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts.